Write That Down. I am Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com. I'm a staff writer over at F4W Online and WrestlingObserver.com. And I return to you, the listener with Japan's leading pro wrestling author, historian, sociologist, broadcast commentator, broadcast journalist, Mr. Fumi Saito. We're back with another one of our profile series shows today. And today, Fumi and I talked about Kensuke Sasaki. He was one of the biggest wrestling stars in the 1990s, especially in Japan. He also appeared in the United States, Germany. Uh, We talked about from his days, his early days, with Japan Pro Wrestling, and technically all Japan later, with Riki Choshu, who's one of Riki Choshu's disciples, uh, all the way to his very successful years as a New Japan star, uh, his time as Power Warrior, one half of the Hellraiser's tag team with Road Warrior Hawk, mid-90s to his marriage with celebrity Joshi pro wrestler Akira Hokuto and lots more in between. He's a very interesting character, but also um, I don't feel like he's often mentioned in the names of great 90s wrestlers. I mean, just because there were, you know, there were so many. You got the Three Musketeers, you had the Shiten no Four Pillars. Um, Sasaki didn't fall into those categories because he uh, he had a very mm, unique path. He was a big dude. He had a different build. Like Ricky Choshu, he was a bit of an outsider. Uh, but not exactly. It's it's unique, and that's why we had to talk about it. So get ready for that. I had fun doing this. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. It's on Spotify, Downcast, Apple, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just find the subscribe button, press press it, and subscribe. And these shows, plus any other of the Fight Game Media free feed shows, will be downloaded automatically into your podcast platform of choice. And it really does help us out, so thank you very much in advance. Uh, by the way, my book, Stronger Than All, on Amazon, it's out now. It's a digital match guide to every single new japan strong match for the first two years of the show pretty cool huh all right enough of me let's get into today's episode kensuke sasaki yeah so okay today we're going to talk about kensuke sasaki uh, yeah. it's good because we, we just did ricky choshu and i think he's a good uh, follow-up on that yeah yeah he used to be one of the biggest protege of Ricky Choshu and mm-hmm. worked like Ricky Choshu. He almost looked like Ricky yeah. Choshu. Same haircut, you know? same yeah. trunks, Scorpion Deathlock. Well, same height. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, he was one of the very first, um, like, deshi, we call it, or protege that the Ricky Choshu really took under his wing. Mm. Yeah. Not Ishingun, like equal, you know, group. But... Uh, like a right out of Protégé. high school rookie. Yeah, like a right out of high school rookie and debuted them, you know, and then the, had him living in dojo and, and it's complete Japanese style. And, and he was, you know, Kensuke Sasaki was under Riki Choshu with Japan Pro Wrestling. When Riki Choshu moved back to New Japan, 
Kensuke Sasaki, rookie Kensuke Sasaki, moved to you know, New Japan with him and signed under New Japan. You know, then、mm. he became New Japan coach while Ricky Choshu was the booker. After Antonio Inoki left the dressing room to be a politician, that、uh, Ricky Choshu、uh, was in charge of all the shows and bookers and producers and all these things. He, Ricky Choshu, assigned Hiroshi Hase and Kensuke Sasaki to be in charge of the dojo. Yeah. And there's also people can. Oh, I was going to. Yeah, go ahead. We skipped over Power Warrior. He was also. Oh,、uh, no, no. It, it doesn't happen until like 94. Oh, so okay, so it was right around this time, too. So he was trainer, protege, Ricky yeah, Choshu. See, right.、Um, Kensuke Sasaki debuts with All Japan, un- under All Japan Wing,、mm-hmm. uh, within New,、uh, the, the Japan Pro Wrestling. It's, it's c- confusing, but he was Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler under Ricky Choshu.、Mm-hmm. But at the time, back in 1985, Ricky Choshu's Choshu, Japan Pro Wrestling. Was under contract with All Japan Pro Wrestling was, and was on the Channel 4. That's where Kensuke debuted as a rookie. So he actually debuted in All Japan Ring.、Mm-hmm. Then when Riki Choshu moved back to New Japan 87, then rookie, third year rookie or so, yeah,、uh, Kensuke Sasaki、uh, went, went with Riki Choshu along with, you know, Other guys like Punyaki Kobayashi, the strong machine, the, you know, all these. Yatsu and. Yatsu, Yatsu didn't go back、uh, to. He stayed in Algebra. Right. He stayed with Algebra. Jumbo,、yeah. Jumbo and Yatsu became Olympian. That's right.、Then. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Elmo Hamaguchi retired at the time, you know.、Mm. Anyhow, that the,、uh, Kensuke Sasaki did everything with Riki Choshi, right? Basically. And、uh, he, you know, he signed with New Japan. Then, when Riki Choshu became the booker, and after Inoki left, you know, New Japan to be the politician, Riki Choshu was in charge of all all, all these big shows in the dressing room and、um, finishes and all that. You know,、mm. he assigned Kensuke Sasaki and Hiroshi Hase as、uh, the charge of dojo.、Mm-hmm. And together, Hiroshi Hase and Kensuke together, they train people like Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata, Kendo Kashin, that,、uh, Tadao Yasuda, Shinjiro Otani,、uh, Kanemoro.、Uh, There's so many, the whole generation of that, you know, like in class of 1990, 91, they were all trained under Kensuke Sasaki. They're very interesting. He's very young to be training too at the time.、Uh, like a physical coach, conditioning coach. Okay. Yeah. And、um, well, Hiroshi Hase was well, like a f- fifth year rookie, but already a coach.、Mm-hmm. But you could tell he's a type. He was also one of the rare Japanese wrestlers to be. He was already good big, second year. Good. And he was a big, big guy, bigger than usual. Big, he looked more like an American pro wrestler. He had the build of、uh, an American pro wrestler. Hiroshi Hase?、Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no.、Uh, Sasaki Kensuke. Right, but、With、not his... tall though. He's no, not tall. No, but the, he oh, but the, he was not like that from the beginning. He really pumped iron eight hours a day every day for five years. You know,、mm. the rookie years, doing it with Masa Saito or somebody like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. And see, when Masa wanted to lift weights, you need somebody to spot, right?、Mm-hmm. You know, so Kensuke worked out twice, three times a day because of it. You know. 
and eight with Ricky had Chanko Lanchi at the dojo. But when Ricky Choshu or Master Saito wanted to, you know, go out, go out for nicer dinner, Kensuke will go with him too. Mm. <laughs> you know, so probably probably eight like five, six, seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell. Yeah, and, yeah. and somebody but, like uh, Nakanishi became like that too. Yeah, because Kensuke Sasaki is very interesting because he his immediate rival. You know, right next to him, uh, at uh, in Japan pro wrestling situation was a golden rookie Hiroshi Hase. Just came out of the 1984 LA Olympic and also college graduate and also taught high school teaching. You know, one year he just like everything about Hiroshi Hase was golden rookie. Whereas Kensuke Sasaki, right out of high school, he was in judo but was never a national champion or anything mm. like that. He had to do more. To really compete with those golden rookies, sure, you know, yeah, and it was always he was the only young eighteen-year-old rookie surrounded by veterans. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine being in the dressing room with Ricky Choshu, the Masa Saito, the Killer Khan, the, you know, all these guys, and Kensuke Sasaki, eighteen-year-old guy, the only one carrying their bags. Mm. Olympians, a uh, number of Olympians, Olympic wrestlers. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 serious yeah. dude. Masa, Ricky Choshu, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So mm. he just had to work so much harder, mm. you know, and yeah. uh, it was very interesting. Very interesting that the, the way he carried himself, very serious. And he it also was uh, when he came and joined New Japan Dojo, people like Keiji Muto, the, you know, Masachono, the uh, Shinya Hashimoto, the, they were all there, you know. Mm. It's like a competition, competition, competition. You know, there's like a personal conflict actual i mean in wrestling term heat right mm. actual personal confrontation between kensuke sasaki and shinya hashimoto over a decade and that was real mm. you know what i'm saying i mean same kind of you know they're very similar what they wanted you know like a very hard hitting you know that the serious style of wrestling believable wrestling and he may not look like a natural superstar, but he will he will make himself star no mm. matter what. And I think in that Hashimoto and Kensuke Sasaki was very similar. Mm. And also it's like a, that guy's my obstacle too. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Professional rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time three musketeer, um, by the time three musketeer, Muto, Chono, and Hashimoto became main event star, mm. that's when so Kensuke Sasaki obviously a, a not just a, a card below right mm -hmm. that's when masa saito came up with the idea of hellraisers ah the road warrior hawk and the power warrior beca becomes road warriors like hellraisers the hawk didn't want to use road warrior name right. it's only for animal and hawk right mm -hmm. but the same costume same gimmick and kensuke sasaki was just about the only re japanese wrestler who could carry the gimmick mm -hmm. big upper body right. and the way he works is good that guy's a perfect and mike hegstrand hawk warrior was so nice that he took this kensuke under his wing they traveled together mm -hmm. and they talked about match before the match and they, they came back to dressing room and had another meeting after the match and how to carry the what where he should be standing where he should you know when he should come in when we when they should you know should do the double teaming and and talk to the audience or do this and you know the stop run stop all these timing things mike was there for him every single night mm. 
Maybe because like of it. Yeah. On the job training, sort of. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And because of it, Kensuke started speaking pretty good English too. Wow. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah very interesting. Yeah, because mm -hmm. they traveled, you know, but they, they they worked against each other in the ring. But uh, Kensuke and Scott Norton were very good friends too. Mm. Wow, you know, lifting weights. Sure, you know, and sure. also a lot of the times, you know, New New Japan had like a short tour, and they didn't bring in a whole lot of Americans. And Scott Norton, Norton was the only American on the whole tour. Mm. You get bored, right? Sure. Then you come and talk to either Hase or uh, Kensuke Sasaki. Yeah. Wow. That sounds yeah. so we get let's do a because uh, that uh, compared to other you know like people like Misawa and Kobashi or Muto or Chono, his Kensuke's legacy has been almost overlooked. Sure, yeah, and he he's not as active in the wrestling scene today. Um, right, but he is one of those talent you know, people that who uh, became TV talent, and he's on television every day. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Married to like, another famous uh, television personality, oh, super, right? Right. Even Akira more popular. Hokuto. Yeah. A little bit because uh, Akira Hokuto has this natural sense of humor and wit, mm -hmm. so quick, so quick. And Kensuke's role is to sit right next to Akira Hokuto and kind of smiles. <laughs> the nicest husband, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Interesting he quietly dynamic. eats. Yeah, yeah, and also they're in the travel channel or cooking channel, mm. you know, one of those cable channels, satellite channel that the 24 hour traveling or 24 hour cooking kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or that the network channel, they have this, you know, Japanese te network television is what variety and uh, game show heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Kensuke is always on, on some show almost every night, right? Yeah. Kind of like yeah. what happened with Joshu. Ricky Joshu, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And he's also un, unintentionally funny, too. Sure. Big jock. Kind of quiet mm -hmm. and always kind of nice and smile, you know. But so when he's angry, it's uh, he's the angriest oh, guy in the room. It's, I think so. I it's think scary, so. yeah. Yeah. Right. And also, I guess people don't know, uh, you know, as much about Kensuke Sasaki as they know about Misawa or Muto or Kobashi. Mm. Yeah. So um, I like him. You know, he's a great athlete, you know, and then he is very misunderstood in some circles, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's talk about Kinsuke Sasaki today. Yeah, let's get into it. So Kensuke Sasaki, Kensuke Sasaki retired in 2014, 2014, February 13, by losing to his his protege, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Mm -hmm. yeah. Almost like his son. Yeah, well, actually, like, almost like adopted son, because at the time, Katsuhiko Nakajima was living in their house, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Much wow. like, you know, Inoki living in Ricky Dozan's house or something, you know? It's like a reality show, like Hogan Knows Best or something. <laughs> but that, I mean, Hogan Knows Best is fine because Brooke and Nick Hogan are their real children, you know? Mm -hmm. but, and uh, not wrestlers. Right. Akira Hokuto built big, big house right next to uh, their parents' house, you know? Oh, wow. It used to be rice field, like... Uh, 
like a whole acre. You know what I'm saying? It's very big. It's, it's not in Tokyo. It's in Saitama. And uh, I guess they wanted to have a big, big house house, you know? And it doesn't have to be in Tokyo. I still live there today. And uh, they they have this huge house up in, in, in Yoshikawa, Saitama. And... Uh, uh, I guess that the Double J, uh, we talked about Double J, World Japan Pro Wrestling, the ill-fated one-year company that the Ricky Shawashu uh, ran. After that, that uh, every, after Double J went out of business, I guess all the basically everybody had to become freelance again, huh? You know, and uh, Kensuke Sasaki opened Kensuke uh, Dojo. You know, with 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 Akira Hokuto, and then, then that's all where they trained people like Katsuhiko Nakajima and and yeah, Kento Miyahara or Miya, that uh, Masakita Miya, the, quite a few guys. Hmm. Yeah, Kensuke Office Actually, was it called? Um, they changed Kensuke Dojo, and right now there's a company called Kensuke Office that handles his his talent booking. I see. Know? Yeah, but. Uh, they had just slipping. I always forget their names, you know, because I had a sticker, but it's just diamond, diamond something. Diamond. Oh, do you remember? It, it sounds so familiar, like diamond yeah, ring or something. Diamond something. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. They, <laughs> because there was so around this time, people got to realize there were so many uh, startups, Small companies. Yeah, that wouldn't sometimes wouldn't last more than a year. Yeah, diamond something. I'll come up with it, okay? But the, they were running their own shows at their dojo. You know what I'm saying? I think it was Diamond Ring, by the way. I'm looking at Diamond it Ring. There you go. Oh, diamond thank ring. you. Thank, uh, diamond Ring. Yeah. And uh, Kensuke and Hokuto together, they're running the, the dojo matches for their neighbors and uh, surrounding. Not in Tokyo, but that, that was really popular for a while. And also showcased rookies there. So they can be watched by people and also trained at the dojo and also be sent to major companies, you know, for tryout or something. And Kensuke, as a freelancer, he's worked. He worked New Japan. He worked All Japan. He worked uh, Pro Wrestling Noor, and Pro Wrestling Noor is where he finished his career. And what's interesting is though that the Kensuke Kensuke's Two best protege. Katsuhiko Nakajima became Pro Wrestling Noah's champion, and Kento Miyahara signed with All Japan and became Triple Crown champion. So he must have trained in them well. Yeah. And Masa Kitamiya now, you know, working mm -hmm. just like Masa Saito. And also, he is, uh, Kensuke Sasaki was the very first, hmm, second? Maybe the very first Grand Slam champion. That means IWGP champion. And all Japan's triple crown champion and pro wrestling Noah's GHC champion. Kensuke Sasaki was the first one. Interesting, huh? Hmm. Uh, it's it's funny when you're talking about the trainees like Nakajima and Miyahara. They're also big stars who all didn't gain their stardom through New Japan. They're outside outside guys. Oh, like who? Oh. Just like Joshu, just like Sasaki. They didn't start in New Japan. They didn't have that right, initial. Right kind of stamp of approval from the New Japan Dojo or the New Japan Company, they were from yeah, so the outside. I, I, I believe it's like Kensuke Sasaki had the two dojo period. The one, 1985, was Japan Pro Wrestling under Riki Choshu. Then he, he was signed with New Japan 
with Ricky Choshu in 1978 and became New Japan Dojo guy. You know, so he had a two rookie period almost. Yeah, and and that's not uh, usual. But I don't. There aren't many wrestlers with that kind of experience. Yeah, it's almost outsider, huh? Right, right. Because Japan pro wrestling was a, a special thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Choshu's faction that mm-hmm. became company. Yeah. So his tie to Riki Choshu is a really defining characteristic of Sasaki as well. Yeah, and then they, you know, first 15, 10, 15 years, Riki, the, the Kensuke Sasaki worked just like Riki Choshu. You know, the, the Scorpion Deathlock, uh, Riki Lariat, Kensuke Lariat, uh, yeah. Even kind of looked similar. Yeah, with mullet. Kind of mullet, long hair, black tight, black trunks. Yeah, yeah, right. And no nonsense. No nonsense, you know? No flashiness. No, not really. No. No, just, uh, just yeah, mean, like a, mean attitude. Without, without this goatee, now he has goatee all the time, but uh, without the mustache and goatee part, he looked really plain, you know what I mean? He almost had a, a baby face, not in the wrestling sense, but a, a kind of young look. He had a, the uh, yeah, long Yeah, like a high school, high school athlete look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my first memories of him. My m- first memories of him were when he would sometimes appear on WCW television. He would uh-huh. appear early on as a guest and tag with. Uh, was a U.S. Heavyweight Champion? It was l- later on in the mid '90s. He was U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I think was it he beat Sting or somebody. He had matches with Sting and or yeah, One yeah, Man yeah. Gang or something. I, I I can't recall off the top. Right, of my head, right. But but that was more of a massa Saito fingerprint on it, huh? Yes. You know, yes. WCW. But un- before he got that point, that uh, he, he had to struggle. Uh, that uh, Kensuke himself struggled with New Japan Dojo with with, exi- with existing New Japan Young Lions. You know, like you said, he would be treated like a outside rookie, right? And uh, he had to work that much harder. And also, he's number one protege of Ricky Choshu, and people will be looking at him like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like just uh, another young lion, but he had to carry certain, I don't know, image of it, and he has to prove that he's you know well worthy, right? I think so. I think. And I think it feels, well, to me, it feels like that's why he kept the black trunks, black boots for so long. I mean, that's what usually the young lions wear all throughout. Yeah, and not exactly really tall either. Mm-hmm. He's about barely 180 centimeters, like a 5'10". You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. quite six feet. He was also wrestling a style in the 90s that some people view, maybe they view it now as kind of he was wrestling an older style in a time where you had the junior heavyweights, you had over outside of New Japan, you had the FMW, Tope and the Moonsault, Lucha and... influence, Deathmatch influence, lots of flashiness, and he stuck with the Riki Choshu style, fundamental. Right. Stump, stump, chop, clothesline, yeah. Just power. And power moves, yeah. He did have excursion in a foreign country, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to Puerto Rico and he went to Calgary. A lot, much, a lot like other you know, New Japan wrestlers. In Puerto Rico, of all people, he made a tag team with Mr. Pogo. Mr. Pogo, you know? And he was his name was Benke or something, and he put a face paint on him, and uh, he became, he and Mr. Pogo together became Caribbean tag team, you know, champion. That his, his very first heel experience. Yeah. 
then went up to Calgary where Shinya Hashimoto was there and uh, people like uh, Kitahara, quite a few, you know, Japanese wrestlers are still in Calgary that he had to compete then. And uh, another that uh, almost like an obstacle was that after this big excursion, uh, one year excursion that uh, he returns to New Japan ring with suit and tie, right? That was the same night that the Keiji Muto came back from WCW. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, we talk about Muto so much. Muto, of course, is the he's the star of stars in the 90s. So even today. talented, yeah. But at the same time, the, uh, Sasaki was kind of right there behind him. In behind the, him, though, obviously. Of course, or below, yeah. however you want to look at it. I mean, he was a pretty, seemed like a big star in Japan, and he was well-received here, but not like Muto. is different. Again, right. because... And also, even within within New Japan, that need, needed to be pointed out, that uh, within New Japan, like a young lion, with, uh, if you were trained directly by Antonio Inoki or not, you are still Antonio Inoki Pro Roger, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, Kensuke Sasaki was never Antonio Inoki Proroje. He started with Riki Choshu, came to New Japan, and signed with New Japan. He became a New Japan wrestler, but he was never a young lion and Antonio Inoki Proroje. So this is a, there's a, there was a slight difference there. Yeah, he was trained more by Riki Choshu and Masa Saito, you know, and never was trained under Antonio Inoki or Tatsumi Fujinami or somebody like that. Yeah, how he, oh yeah i mean how he yeah. would end up he ended up wrestling as one of the original japan pro wrestling type of wrestlers not flashy kind of like a big mean brawler almost a thug type uh, not not trying to impress anybody other than they're trying to win the match that mentality that approach is something Sasaki kept with him and uh it's what made him different from guys like keiji muto Oh, but he struggled so much so under under obvious superstar three musketeers you know mm-hmm. would be like a fourth or fifth at best and you still have to compete with your friend hero you know hiroshi hase too because he's so smooth i mean better worker of two right and uh i mean working style you know hey, uh, hase was special. he was yeah he a very different wrestler yeah, yeah. But those two are friends, you know. Cause, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, they were together for a long time. And also, he felt that he, he they must have felt that they, um, they were a little bit of outsider compared to genuine young lions, right, at the time. But after three or four years with New Japan, uh, things have changed that uh, Antonio Inoki left New Japan to be a politician. And Ricky Choshi himself became a soul booker, the dressing, you know, the, the dressing room leader, the, the backstage leader, and the producer, and producer of, of the, the whole program. And he, Ricky Choshu himself assigned Kensuke Sasaki and Hiroshi Hase to be in charge of the New Japan Dojo. You know? Kensuke Sasaki at the time, what, uh, six year uh, experience? Five, six year experience? Sure, yeah. He was already a yeah, conditioning coach. And the people, the Hiroshi Hase and Kensuke Sasaki together, together coached 
the incredible, you know, roster that the Manabu Nakanishi, the Kendo Kashin, the Yuji Nagata, the Satoshi Kojima, that uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, that uh, Shinjiro Otani, uh, Kanemura, uh, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Kanemoto, Takaiwa, uh, Tadao Yasuda, all those guys who were at the New Japan Dojo at the time, they were all trained under Kensuke Sasaki. Isn't that interesting? Now, before we move on from the training part, I wanted to ask you about there was an issue when he was training at the New Japan Dojo where uh, that the new one trainee passed. Yeah. So this was what, like 1996, 1997 or so? A uh, little bit, probably two or three years before that. Okay. So right around the same time period. Kendo so, Kashin and all these guys were at the, at the dojo. I mean, you, when you're dealing with 15, 10, 15 of these, you know, I mean, very promising rookies, a lot can happen. And uh, it's so internet that uh, to this day, some of these internet posts blame Kensuke for what happened at the dojo, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't is that what you're talking about? But we have yeah. no proof of that, you know? Nobody was there, you know, but wrestlers, you know? And uh, maybe there was maybe there was a delay of calling ambulance, or you know they didn't think it was serious, you know, serious. But they, there's no way that that anybody should blame uh, or put in the point the finger at Kensuke Sasaki himself. You know that mm. uh, it's it's a very sensitive issue. Yes, one of the one of the rookie. Uh, there was a very unfortunate accident that uh, one of the trainee died in at the dojo you know uh, but uh, i don't think it's fair you know to blame on can scale on that you know because there's, there's always been a story on the internet and uh, written by so many people it's all hearsays and blown out of proportion and kensuke didn't really make comment on it you know kept quiet uh, to what happened to the dojo, so it's all still be talking about it today, and then in, 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 even in the English-speaking world too. Like you read about it, right? What what I, I think a lot of people got from that was it was also so this trainee was brought in by Mr. Hase. He brought him into the dojo, and it yeah, was because he was a college champion, right? He was a college champion wrestler, and it was also, I, I mean, we don't know the exact reasons. Like you said, there's a lot of that was left unsaid, but from there, Hase left New Japan and would end up in All Japan later on, and start. Uh, he would yeah, but that's a also politician a, a, and... also a complicated story too because right. Hase was ready to become politician in '94. Then mm -hmm. he was all ready to leave, or he wanted to be like Inoki that he didn't he wouldn't retire, but to be politician and makes comeback like a one match or two matches a year, every year from that point on. But the Riki Choshu didn't want Hase to do that. So he had to retire him in New Japan. And he, Hiroshi Hase basically resigned from New Japan and went to Baba and became part of all Japan. So mm -hmm. that was his own issue. Yeah. And I think a lot of people without the details, they think, okay, something happened, Hase left. Uh, yeah, and then the Kensuke bullied him or something, and, and it's just not fair, you know? Uh, in those situations, I mean, they do happen in dojos, not just wrestling dojos, but I, I, dojo life. Boxing is, dojo, yeah. Sumo, uh, anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the, well, it's a brutal lifestyle. Not, yeah. And uh, doctor's not there. It's a dojo situation. 
And a lot of the guy, trainees do pass out during the practice because it's so hard, right? I mean, and, I, I, I've seen some new, more modern New Japan, uh, like where they're like tryouts or dojo. Um, they, you know, they hold a seminar and people can go and train with Shibata and whomever. And even still, I mean, you see people throwing up just 20, 30 minutes in. It's not, yeah, it's oh, an intense oh. training still, even today. Oh, and, and, and the today's coach, you know, the Katsuyori Shibata isn't the easiest guy either. Yeah. It's well, a Mr. Discipline. It's also, I mean, it's that kind of lifestyle. But again, this was a champion wrestler, so we don't know the details of what exactly happened. He's not just some young kid. Or existing condition. We, we really don't know much details. So it's not fair to say, you know, uh, who did what, you know? And in the 90s, especially when New Japan was probably at, maybe the most popular it's ever been, there was a lot of pressure to keep things that weren't presented on the show. It's behind the scenes, and it's for behind the scenes people. That's it. It's really guarded. Yeah, and then all, all the names I just mentioned, Nakanishida, Nagata, the Kojima, the Tenzan, the Kendo Kashi, the, oh, they all became superstar too. Yeah. But those are the ones who's, you know, who decide to stay with, the, uh, you know, with, with Dojo and make it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, let's talk quickly about um, Power Warrior. So how did he end up getting chosen for that in 94? Uh, it was like a, to be able to compete with this popularity and uh, status of Antonio Inoki's Tokon Sanjushi, that the Three Musketeers, Muto Chono, Hashimoto, right? That uh, in people's mind, in a wrestling fan's mind, that, uh, right, Kensuke Sasaki is a good wrestler, but always, obviously, uh, one class below Three Musketeers. And Masa Saito, who was at the time producing a lot of Americans, you know, we came up with Vader, that uh, Scott Norton, that uh, that uh, Tony Holm, that uh, Don Fry, that... Uh, these are uh, all Masa's idea, remember? Did he bring in Hercules too? Uh, as a partner of Scott Norton. Mm. Yeah. Because so he had the after idea. Hellraisers, yeah, after Hellraisers. Well, initially, that the, this is like a history of what if thing. Brock Lesnar was going to debut with New Japan. So because he's a Minnesota guy. He came yeah, from... trained Trained under Brad Reagan's. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah who trained a lot of the late 80s, early 90s New Japan talent. Right, right. And uh, Brad Reagan doesn't run wrestling school. He doesn't teach anybody, just, just anybody. He only trains people with potential or the amateur wrestling or amateur sport background or the ones who already has a deal. See, Scott Norton was signed with New Japan by Masa Saito before he was ready so he needed to go back to brad reagan brad reagan's camp and get ready for japan tour the same way that uh hawk at the time 1992 SummerSlam, that the road warrior hawk quit wwe legion oh, of doom wembley stadium remember. yeah yeah that was the day that he really quit and he packed up and left wwe tour and then came back to minnesota and started growing hair mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh, he said he quit, you know, at the time. Then Hawk, Brad Reagans, Masa Saito, all good friends, and uh, wanted to uh, sign Hawk, you know, whether he be tag team or sing single wrestler or be even be Road Warriors or what, right? But uh, 
Mike wasn't going to retire. He was he was going to stay home a little bit. And the came the master came up with the idea that the, you know that the, he wants to make something like Road Warriors in Japan. And you have a partner. His name is Kensuke Sasaki. And Mike wanted to meet him. So Masa Saito sent Kensuke Sasaki to Minneapolis to meet him. And they, I guess they just uh, hit it off, you know. Mike, nice guy that, uh, okay, you're, you're my new partner. Let's do this, you know. And then uh, uh, before the costume was ready, that uh, at the Minneapolis bar, you know, that the uh, independent, you know, I mean, total independent show, that uh, they had their test run. You know, before the, there was a costume, Kensuke dressed up as Kensuke, Road Warrior Hulk dressed up as Road Warrior Hulk, but they still tagged and uh, had a first match. Oh, great! You know, I think then, you can find clips of that on YouTube. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's out yeah. there. Then New Japan, whole company, you know, got on the whole project of coming up with you know, this expensive costume and the image color that uh, Kensuke wanted green in there. The Hawk, the Legion of Doom at the time, black trunk, I mean, black tights with red, right, rim. Mm -hmm. And uh, the matching costume, uh, black tights, long tights, but the green instead of uh, red. And uh, they came up with uh, the, the matching costume. And Masa Saito wanted to name this uh, new Road Warriors, but Mike Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk, didn't want to use Road Warrior's name because it was for Mike and Animal and Hawk are the Road Warriors. So uh, they actually started tour without name. You know, we talked. I talked about this a lot. You know, so many times that uh, Mike, uh, Mike Hegstrand, Road Warrior Hawk, will go go goes to Roppongi nightclubs and do the bar hopping, right? Mm -hmm. All by himself. He knows people, and he's a very friendly guy. And uh, he's like a Zorro. That he's like a walking bouncers. That uh, <laughs> he. I mean, Mike Hegstrand, Road Warrior Hawk, is another person who is so misunderstood, like a violent person or you know you can't control him you know or you know what i'm saying he's a one of the nicest nicest guy i met in this business mike was and uh to, to make a long story short that the, they didn't have that uh, name for the team you know then there was the, the bartender was playing um Ozzy Osbourne's solo album, you know that. The, what's what's the name of the album? That the uh, Tears for Fear? No, not not the Tears. Tears, uh, Tears. No more tears. No more tears. That was the album that with um made. with uh Zach Wild. It was after Randy Rhodes died. Right, Zach Wild was like a like a Target bullseye guitar. That's right, the black and white uh, kind of swirl design. Uh, Les Paul yeah, Gibson. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So at the nightclub, uh, uh, not the nightclub, but the, like a counter bar that uh, Mike was talking to this bartender, what are you playing? Because he always asked for Black Sabbath or something, right? Oh, you want to hear Black Sabbath? Actually, what we're playing is Ozzy Osbourne, solo. Then, then there's like a ting, ting, ting in your head, right? The Road Warriors were the Black Sabbath. And I'm listening to Ozzy Osbourne. And this is another chapter of my wrestling career. And right when Mike was thinking about this, the song Hellraiser played. You know, Hellraiser, mm. right? One and of uh, Ozzy's solo hits, yep. Early yeah, 90s. yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's like, a, the Hellraisers, that's it. And he came up with the name. So there the was that transition, the Black Sabbath, Iron Man, Road Warriors, Ozzy Osbourne, Hellraisers, 
Kensuke. Right, right. It was so symbolic. It's almost like you made up the story. <laughs> kind of like natural, <laughs> a organic kind of poetry to it almost. The, the Japanese yeah, no, version. No, whereas, yeah, whereas Kensuke Sasaki had no idea, right? You know, that uh, he, he's like, he wasn't even sure that he wanted to put, you know, face paint on him and uh, wear a road warrior costume and how long am I going to be doing this? And Masa Saito told him forever, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I mean, but, it's not a one match thing or a year or two or three. It ended up in about four years, you know, until Animal made come back. And then there was a time Animal Hawk and Power Warrior Kensuke Sasaki made a trio at the Tokyo Dome in 96. Yeah, But uh, that was the, during the time that, uh, okay, Mike Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk quit WWE, right? And... That's when Animal also decided to take time off and take Lloyd's of London, if you remember. Yeah, for anybody, Lloyd's London was the uh, insurance uh, kind of, uh, not, not just a plan, but... Mr. A, Perfect Card Hennig discovered. Yeah, Lloyd's of London insurance policy, where if you're injured, you can take out X amount of money that you signed that was a part of the contract. Not just a little money, but a lot of money, though, for, actually. For, for a while, Rick Rude also... Uh, Oh, so many of took them. Part, yeah. A lot of Minnesota guys took part in this Lloyd of London uh, Oh, like, they, like there was a manual that you have to read. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Nakito Koloff, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Minnesota team. But they, they were using, but it was also, they each had their own uh, paths and their careers led different yeah, ways. Yeah, 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 so. right. Everybody's a unique case. Anyhow, that the, Mike decided to commit to New Japan contract. You know, for next, you know, for uh, next three years or so, and uh, he, I mean, as big as the Road Warrior Hulk was as a star, he actually was on every single tour with New Japan. You know, ninety to ninety-three, ninety-four, ninety-five. It's just about every tour. He traveled eight times a year, and that was during the time. It was uh, what was interesting was that the, that the Clinton administration, right? <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> okay, they assigned uh, Mondale, the former Walter Mondale, vice, yep. Walter Mondale, the, the former vice president of the United States, with Jimmy Carter. Mondale came to Japan to live as a Jap Japan ambassador. That mm -hmm. was a real big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, Mike Rodori Hawk used to date Mondale's daughter, Eleanor who is no longer with us, but uh, yeah, you know, then they knew Mondale's. And I, I was fortunate enough that the Mike one day said, I'm going to have a lunch with this lady. You have to come with me. It's like, who is this? And it was a John Mondale, Mrs. Mondale. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, and so we all met. Um, but anyhow, but the, it was a time that there was such a fun memory, happy time for Mike, that uh, it was 10 years after Road Warriors. And uh, he didn't like the WWE that, that much. And they weren't even Road Warriors with WWF. WWF, you know, doesn't give you the ring name that you already hold the, 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 the trademark for yourself, right? So they they had another name, Legion of Doom. A lot of times, Legion of Doom Road Warriors with WCW, right? But the Legion of Portion, they didn't own it. So they, WWE wanted to make Legion of Doom the name of the team. But the Vince McMahon does not basically take care of the character and gimmick that they didn't create. Yeah, right, the, right. The Road Warriors were the team that were star elsewhere. And what they did was that the, the 
Legion of Doom Road Warriors against Earthquake and Typhoon. Natural disasters. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the guys that are bigger than Mike and Mike and Joe. I mean, that really kills the Road Warrior gimmick. Right. right? Because they were supposed they were the monsters. They were the big powerhouses that ran around. Yeah, and elsewhere, and you know, all around the world. And also, uh, they already before Legion of Doom signed with WWE, they already created Demolition, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? which is pretty much a ripoff. Similar, right? But they think Demolition is bigger and better. And also, they signed people like Barbarian and Warlord, mm -hmm. and and then programmed with Legion of Doom. Powers Look, of Pain. For, yeah, but the, for casual fans, it's like a similar-looking guys are in the ring. You know what I'm saying? It killed the aura. Oh, and Mike, I mean, as as free spirit as he was, he really hated WWE, right? And uh, kind of like the way British Bulldog was, you know, separated, you know? Davey Bowen wanted to stay with WWE. Dynamite Kid wanted to go to Japan, you know? So... Mike, in the middle of this, you know, the, the UK tour, SummerSlam, Wembley Stadium, whole thing, that he quit. He walked out. And uh, he was ready to have another chapter of his wrestling career, you know. And uh, Road Warriors was such a fun memory that he didn't want to name it Road Warriors. They came up, and he himself came up with the name uh, that uh, the Hellraisers. And he was so motivated. He was so motivated. Power Warrior, the Kensuke came up with, Sasaki came up with this, you know, Power Warrior name. Power Warrior and Hawk Warrior, the Hellraisers, uh, that the programmed against, that the Jurassic Powers, powers, which is a team of Scott Norton and you know, Hercules Hernandez. And Hercules Hernandez is a useless trivia, is another uh, Hiro Matsura protege. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hiro Matsuda trains Ray Hernandez before Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. He's trained a lot of the big, I mean, had to be big guy. bulky guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, in America, you know, the, the train method is different from Japanese dojo because Japanese dojo has this the purpose of, you know, putting weight on these guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They come up. You know, the, the, the dojo trainees are uh, all 180-pound, 190-pound guys. that We're going to make these guys 225, right? Mm. Whereas in America, 275-pound guy who comes to wrestling office and, you know, want to be a wrestler or something. You know, you already have physical, you know. And the, the, to make a long story short, Hiro Matsuda only trained big guys. Anyhow, that uh, from Florida, Ray Hercules Ray Hernandez came and made a tag team with matching costume with, with Scott Norton and became Jurassic Powers. And it was a perfect program for Hellraiser's in, initial match. Mm. Yeah. Then they, right away, they became IWGP tag team champion. That made Power Warrior pretty much equal to three musketeer status. Sort of put him over the top. Yeah, and also there was like a Yokohama Arena match that the Hellraisers, uh, Road Warrior Hulk, I mean the Hulk, Power Warrior against Hulk Hogan and Great Muta, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that was like a dream card, right? Almost. Yeah, and it just it seemed to fit. Kensuke Sasaki, really, when you looked at him as Power Warrior, because of really his body, star. he really yeah. looked like he, he fit the role. and. 
he had the rub from the Road Warriors and Road Warrior Hawk, and it it did make him look that much more of uh, international. And, and the biggest biggest difference biggest difference was that the that hair razors and the whole thing, the whole program gave him the confidence. Mm-hmm. You know? And the night after night after night that the Mike and Kensuke will sit down and go over the match and do the have have this meeting and just how even how to walk on uh, that the climb on the second rope and and pose for the crowd. Yeah, and they do it like you own the place. You know, this was very educating. You know, and I think this the Mike's influence was like also overlooked. That three year. Hellraiser's run was very, very strong. That's that's pre- pretty much why that the, I didn't. See, I felt very kind of. Mm, I'm talking about the dark side documentary series, right? On the Road Warriors, uh, they yeah, really they, they left it they out. Paint, and also they painted Mike as a troublemaker or something, you know, and also made Hellraiser such a joke or something. It's, it wasn't. It was a huge hit, huge hit in Japan. And it was an amazing how, how much and how well it worked at the same t- when he got at the same time he had Keiji Muto and Great Muta Inoki's retirement matches Shinya Hashimoto it was a huge and hot roster and Sasaki found a way and learned from Hawk how to how to become a superstar a real yeah I think so full blown superstar and I think you know all those years like the late nineties that the uh, New Japan was. Uh, running Tokyo Dome twice a year, and the Fukuoka Dome, the Osaka Dome, the Nagoya Dome, the all the big, huge, you know, huge venues. The state, yeah. Kensuke Sasaki and Hashimoto are two wrestlers that headline the most. Did you know that? Uh, it makes sense if you, if you, those names were always there. They were always at the top yeah, of the card. Yeah. Whether it's the main event or a big tag match or semi-main event, they were always a big part of. The card, uh, the big card. So he actually walked the ramp as a last, very last wrestler of the evening. Yeah, that would give him confidence. Yeah. So yeah, well, even but even for Kensuke Sasaki, the dark age hit. You know. That's right. But also, right around the dark age when that hit, that's also when we got to see that the twilight of Sasaki's career. We got to see some of his most memorable situations memorable matches and uh i mean i, I immediately yeah kensuke himself talks about a lot of new japan matches and also that the rivalry you know was uh hashimoto but the, his kensuke's you know like a later on you know favorite match was the tokyo dome match against kenta kobashi for progressing nor oh, you know, of course like that. that was immediately what popped into my mind yeah yeah that was his favorite match too so um, he was able to have, you know, all the single matches against uh, Muto, Chono, Hashimoto, Three Musketeers. But the, by working with uh, Pro Wrestling Noor, they had, you know, he was able to have a match against Misawa, the uh, Kobashi, the Taue, the Akiyama. The, they, they, you know, they worked in the ring. And also when when Kensuke Sasaki worked all Japan, he ended up working with people like. People with like a Takayama or Minoru Suzuki at the time, uh, even Kawada a little bit, and uh, he was able to touch every single one of these, you know, important wrestlers of that era. And he, 
at, at the time when uh, groups started to, started to break apart and splinter into all japan and noah and zero one and uh, uh eventually double j sasaki was one of the main characters along with Toshiaki Kawada and a few others, but he was a part of those big dream matches. He was the representative on the New Japan side, it seemed like, before he yeah, would go at, off to at do the time. Thing. See, Riki Choshu was pushing like late 40s into 50s, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why too. Then there's like a ill fated, something happened between New Japan and Riki Choshu, and Riki Choshu walked out on New Japan and created his own double J with Katsuji Nagashima, the manager. And naturally, Kensuke went with it. But he, that Kensuke invested his own money in that company, and the company only lasted one year and ran out of money and they went out of business. And Kensuke at the time um, actually kept himself quiet, but it was Akira Hokuto uh, who made it public that uh, how how they felt about Riki Choshu. <laughs> That's right. You know, we, we should mention that it was in the mid-90s when Hokuto and Sasaki met and got married. 95. 95. So right. uh, there are a lot and, of uh, rumors all, about... The, of all places, North Korea. North Korea, yeah. yeah, there, yeah there two were... nights. The first night, Inoki against Ric Flair, right? And second night, uh, Hashimoto against Scott Norton, I believe. And uh, each night they had about 150,000 people. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. But the, uh, each night at the at the big huge stadium they had like a, some source say 150,000, some source say 180,000. But altogether, uh, two nights they had about 300,000 people. <laughs> yeah, that... it's amazing. It's on New Japan World. People can check parts of it out. Mm -hmm. Collision in and Korea. The first first day in North Korea. Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto met, actually met, met. Then following day, they were engaged. Love at first sight. And 27 years later, they're still happily married and have two kids. And one's married, you know, Ken Nosuke, that the older son, just got married to a wrestler, another wrestler. Yeah. You know, Lin Kadokura, yeah, from Marvelous. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, she showed up in uh, AEW. Uh couple years oh, ago. Oh, okay, right, right. She, um, yeah, actually what people don't talk about was that it had to have Akira Hokuto's approval, right? Mm. Oh, she is oh, such a hard in-law to be, though, don't you think? I can't imagine. I mean, we also, if you're not familiar with Hokuto, she was arguably, arguably a bigger star at the time than Sasaki was as uh, uh, I think so. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the biggest wrestler and biggest superstar female wrestler of the 90s, for sure. Almost surpassed, surpassed Bonacano on that, you know? And very, if we talk about Japanese wrestling a lot, we also talk about how there aren't as many promos in Japanese wrestling, but I have to say that Pokuto has a unique uh, way with mic, mic work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of people remember her. It was for, never scripted. That's her. Very know? sharp, sharp... Uh, Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think and, so. Yeah, and even still today, like we were talking about earlier, uh, she's a really witty, sharp character on these television shows. Oh, while quick, Sasaki so quick. sits there and smiles and, and uh, agrees. Uh, probably partially because she isn't the knockout, you know, basically not like exactly, but the, she's the most likable character on television. You know, just like. Just you can't help but like her because she's so funny. She's witty. She's quick, 
and comes off very caring, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, another useless trivia: the the after Kensuke met uh, Akira Hokuto, he Kensuke himself changed his finish, adapting the finish Northern Light Power Bomb, Northern Light Bomb from Akira Hokuto. That's, That's a right. female's move. That's like men. Sh men should be doing it. I'm gonna do it. And then he he added Northern Light Bomb into his his repertoire as a finish. Interesting, huh? Very. Uh, and it kind of defined the, the the latter part of Sasaki's career. The black trunks, uh, black boots, post power no, warrior. That. Yeah, it's a, a multicolor. After that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he changed from country boy to a real urban guy to a superstar character to, a, you know, like a, a real celebrity kind of person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think are his most important matches if somebody was unfamiliar and they needed to get familiar with? Kensuke Sasaki? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I think Kobashi is, is Kob the yeah, one. Kobashi, but he was already superstar then. You know? That's right. And uh, like a real early part, like a 90, 91, there was a Tokyo Bay NK Hall. Uh, that the, no, the building is no longer there, but the Tokyo Bay NK Hall had younger Kensuke Sasaki against younger Masachono. Great single match. Hmm. Uh, th that was a, like a, he had some great tag matches with Hase with uh, Chono and... Oh, ha Hase, Hase Kensuke against Steiner Brothers. At the oh, Tokyo Dome. That's a famous match. one. Famous oh, one. Oh, the real great match. Yeah. Yeah. People still talk about it uh, in Japan mm -hmm. today. I remember at the meet and greet you did with Rick Steiner at Totokan. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, people talk about it. Right. Still. And also, that was a night that uh, Scott Steiner's, you know, standing, jumping, Frank, original Frankenstein was introduced to Japanese fans, right? Mm -hmm. It was Kensuke Sasaki who took it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's not a Huracan Rana. It's a Frankensteiner. It starts like a drop kick, right? And it's also from Scott Steiner, who is in a luchador. Oh, big guy. Yeah, and then he flies right at you and catch both legs between your, I mean, you, your head has to be right between your, you know, their legs, then spins, you know? You know who does it the same exact way these days is Yuya Uemura. The Frankenstein, Frankenstein Scott Steiner. Yeah, he, ah. I, I just saw him do it this past weekend. Same style. He doesn't hook oh, okay. the leg so for the pin. Right. Or the touch the shoulder or somebody. Mm -hmm. It has to yeah, be it's, sudden. It's, 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 not, it's not a Urakan Rana. It's original Frankensteiner. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was really interesting. It was Kensuke Sasaki who took, took Steiner Brothers every single double teaming moves that <laughs> night. You know, like a, you know, like a piggyback ride into Bulldog. Sure. Yeah. You know. Uh, that uh, bear hug into clothesline to I mean all kinds all that tequila sunrise or something that uh, real dangerous looking brainbuster suplex type deal and uh, Kensuke was there just took every single move and then got up and left <laughs> yeah you know and, and fast forwarding to later on in his career kind of he's retired he retired in 2014 and the years before that he wasn't he wasn't an active wrestler he would show up in uh, general exhibition matches and make appearances on shows but i do remember he did show up and do some silly ddt type of comedy things he showed he could do a, a, right. a, an it array of different it wasn't 80s or 90s you know kensuke sasaki he yeah he started enjoying the idea you know he, was, he took himself less seriously 
Well, he took it seriously, but he he that you know that uh, being on on a more you know fun-loving wrestling environment that is he's big enough star that that wouldn't harm him. You know what I mean? Right. He would always appear in you know a, a unique six-person tag, and and he would be Kensuke Sasaki, but he wouldn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. The, it was more, like you said, fun-loving. Wouldn't destroy and, the atmosphere. No. Right, and it was. Yeah, and the people had... still expect him to be Kensuke Sasaki. Hmm. And, but he uh, could be funny, and he his reactions were always. Uh, more, on... I guess, more mature than star. I guess, yeah. yeah. But he was always a natural too. He, he was yeah, okay. yeah. So he, in his later years, he he had as a personality is just like Choshu, very similar. Like uh, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the first half of he the career, he was naturally funny, but he he kind of kept it to himself a long time or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much like a a jock type of humor or or jock's approach right, right. towards humor. Yeah, and then uh, it's been like I said, he retired losing to Katsuhiko Nakajima at Pro Wrestling No Korakuen Show. It was 2014, so it's been six, seven, eight, eight years. He hasn't made one comeback match. You know, most wrestlers will do here and there, right? Right. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about Terry Funk, but the most wrestlers do. You know, Rick especially Flair, these days, people disappear. They come back. Sometimes they do it in the same year. Oh, uh, especially... the spotlight thing. You know, the wrestlers get so lonely about it, or I mean, something that you. you this is what you've done the, your entire life. That uh, it's so hard to walk away, right? But mm-hmm. for Ken Sasaki's case, he hasn't had match over eight years now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, although I'm, he's still I, on television and still he's right. still around, and it still looks like Kensuke Sasaki with big body too. He still, yeah, he still looks like Sasaki. So he must he must work out still. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of those uh, old school guys just have it like in the a system. hobby. Hobby, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got I got to get up and go to gym, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Masa Saito was big. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, until much later on. Yeah, and Choshu is still pretty big. Uh, I guess, I guess he is right. Well, he still likes to use the New Japan Dojo, even though he's not a part of New Japan. Yeah, and then comes and uses his you know, the, the stationary bike. <laughs> That's yeah. a good example of the uh, unintentional humor we're talking yeah? about. I think so. Yeah. Um, then he 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 uses steam bath and go home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's... oh he even oh Ricky Choshu even uses New Japan's tanning bed. <laughs> Yeah, but it's Choshu. Can I use it? Can I use it? Only for 20 minutes. Then he's seven-year-old Ricky Choshu, still tanned. Hmm. (laughs) Of course, no one's going to say no to Ricky Choshu. I don't think so. Which is the funny part. Please stay for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sasaki uh, has that kind of feel, too. Yeah, I think so. And I'm I'm hoping that uh, Kensuke will make more appearance in wrestling environment, you know, because he'll be loved. I think so. You know? I, I'm sure yeah. if, if he can still wrestle, I'm sure people would still love to see him wrestle. Yeah, two as well. two former superstars that uh, don't don't really mingle with wrestling people anymore is Kensuke Sasaki and Nobuhiko Takada. Those two, yeah. Right, Takada kind of seems it, like he's above wrestling these days. He's like a comedian <laughs> or uh, entertainer. TV celebrity entertainer, and then also yeah. when when Takada comes on to TV, his explanation was former MMA fighter instead of former pro wrestler right he he keeps a stigma with him i guess 
I suppose. And also, he, for Nobuhiko Takata's case, he lived through Dark Age and he was on Pride side. And he was also a producer of Hustle, of mm. all things. He was yeah. the villain to somebody like Kensuke Sasaki. Yeah. That and style, also, that approach towards no, pro Nobuhiko wrestling. Takada also was old fashioned enough that he never smarted his old lady. <laughs> uh, seriously. Interesting dynamic between them. Because um, Nobuhiko Takada told his wife UWFI was real. You know? Mm. Not like pro wrestling. And that's, uh, that was easy for her to understand the difference between UWFI and traditional pro wrestling because they, they, they do look different. You know? Well, they look different, but once the once UFC and Pride started doing more fights, it was easy to tell uh, what was or real the, the, sport the, the, and what wasn't. Or the real or not is important, but uh, either you have a finish to go home or not is the most important thing for them, right? Mm -hmm. For MMA people, you know? Everything else but, uh, is fill in the blanks. Yeah. But uh, for Kensuke Sasaki, I think he should start showing up, for, you know, and read, you know, or give trophy to champion or something. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, hopefully he shows up on some kind of, uh, you know, Pro Wrestling Noah or All oh, Japan. Pro Wrestling Noah and Katsuhiko Nakajima's match or Kento Miyahara's Triple Crown match and give him trophy or something, you know. Sure. That can be done. Yeah, that can mm. be done, you know. Because people want to see him, you know, it's just like almost this like, wow, why isn't he in any of these, you know, why isn't he involved with any of these new things, you know, and uh, I guess we have to ask him. Yeah, it seems when like I he's saw a him, like humble last, guy. Last, yeah, and then when I, I, I saw him last year, and uh, he was actually watching other people's wrestling at home, you know what I'm saying? Oh, did, you did a show with him uh, within the past couple uh, of years. Yeah, the last time, not this book, but the, la the last year's book, when, when my, my book came out, that we had a talk event and I wanted to have some somebody unique. And uh, there's a chapter on Road Warrior Hawk, so I wanted to have him on that. And I called him and he called back right away and he wanted to do it. It was great, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Because when I met him, he was a rookie too, you know? Sure. I mean, like right out of high school, 1985 hmm. rookie, yeah. But he was doing 2,000 squats. <laughs> oh, God. Now, now what, the, he's 54 now? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh my not gosh. so old. Yeah. He's not so old. I mean, there are other professional wrestlers that are still active. That are still active 54. there, right there. Yeah, Nagata yeah. is around that age, I think. Uh, oh, Kojima, yes. oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Same, same guys of his generation. Yeah. I don't know what he's thinking, but uh, he does watch wrestling still. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's invested still. Yeah, I think so. Oh, very good. I'm I'm hoping that the just uh, the the write that down pod you know podcast listeners out there that uh, will be interested in Kensuke Sasaki that uh, we, we we can learn a lot from his you know, old footage, and also so, yeah. the, the big picture of Japanese wrestling in nineties. You know, and it's a Kind of continuation of the story we told from Ricky Choshu's point of view. I yeah. think his kind of we we ended up talking quite a bit about Ricky Choshu. You could see how uh, severe his influence is on a lot of wrestling today, or wrestling just after he he left it or left the ring. Um, yeah, yeah. I think 
Sasaki is a natural uh, transition from Toshu to Sasaki. Yeah. 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 He's a unique yeah. guy, and he had a, he ended up having this unique path as, and he he got a different perspective as well. He came in from the outside, and he also, like you said, had kind of two dojo eras. Yeah, and then had to o- overcome a lot of obstacles. Yeah, he was kind of uh, like a what do you say, like a phenom. Like he was a little bit younger and put in positions for generally older wrestlers or older, you know positions where a lot depended on him he took a lot of responsibility both in the ring yeah. outside the ring yeah which yeah, is there's a unique story that uh, you see back in 1985 the rookie year um all japan dressing room whole bunch of whole bunch of veterans and you know baba the russia kimura the jumbo tsura the tenru that and now pro wrestling no but that the yoshinari ogawa was the only young guy in that dressing room and Japan Pro Wrestling's Ricky Choshu dressing room was, you know, you know, Ricky Choshu's faction, and Kensuke Sasaki was the only young wrestlers in there. And at the, in hallway, that uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Kensuke Sasaki both like 18, 19, they run into each other at the hallway, say, "How you doing?" And then they, they they leave. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Because you're the only, you know, rookie puppy in that older guy's dressing room. So they felt this camaraderie in there, you know. Well, you take care there, all right. I'll I'll take care myself here, you know, kind of thing. Mm. But that both two are still friends to this day. And Ogawa is still active. He's still on pretty much every Noah show I've seen. And also, he, he's in creative too. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Because um, Yoshinari Ogawa ended up being uh, Misawa's right hand man when mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Noah started. Yep, and tag team partner for a long time too. Oh, he even became GHC champion once. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. So, yeah, so let's I, not, yeah, let's not forget about this. You know, Sasaki's great legacy, and uh, this is like studying material for the today's fans, even. Yeah, and if people can, I, it's I know it's not on New Japan World, but if you can do your research and and. Do some lots of them in, 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 on YouTube, yeah. YouTube, Daily Motion. Look for some uh, Hellraiser stuff. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's ca- kind of hidden because you know it, things uh, IP belongs to certain companies and they can't show things on New Japan World and such. So things are out there and check out Kensuke Sasaki. Right. None of the Killer Count matches on New Japan World. Right. Because he he declined. <laughs> you know. So. Do a little legwork and you'll be rewarded because Sasaki was an important part of uh, of wrestling in the 90s, especially in the early 2000s, like the beginning right, of the Dark right. Ages. Right. And then he lived through it, too. And, and he's he still around. Grand, 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 you know, grand Slam champion, former IWGP champion, former All Japan's Triple Crown champion. Then he became Pro Wrestling Noah's GHC champion, the first guy to do so. Yeah. I think he embodies a lot of what... Uh, Certain, like a certain kind of Japanese pro wrestler that's always existed. Uh, the, the, almost like a new version of Riki Dozan style pro wrestler in terms of a body shape, non-verbal, simple but effective, aggressive, and able to be a legitimate seeming champion. 
yeah there's something and, uh, and just in terms of like modest a, <laughs> modest but also just the size Humble. too that almost yeah. like a sumo size or sumo approach to the training yeah. big barrel chested guys like him and daisuke sakimoto and kanta kobashi and oh very similar yeah. the, it kind of embodies that um that part of japanese pro wrestling that legacy Okay, 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 I see that, I see that. Yuji Hino, or... Uh, oh, now? Oh, guys. Babayashi, or these guys. Oh, that, big guy, yeah. I all, I, they're all comparable oh, to Sasaki. Japanese body, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's a unique, it's a, it's a Japanese approach. It's that, um, it's a lots style. Lots of rice. <laughs> lots of rice, and uh, it's almost, it's like the, the jock approach to becoming a pro wrestler and just being an athlete. Oh, big thigh, can't remember, yeah, I can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Big thigh. I mean, squats. You know. Yeah, the, the one thigh is about the size of my torso. You know, it's <laughs> massive. Yeah. So, but yeah, Sasaki, uh, Kensuke Sasaki. We, I think we think of it as like an extension of our Ricky Toshi series too. But um, but yeah, yeah, Sasaki is special and he's important. So, if you have questions, yeah. how can we how can we reach you for me? Yes, um, Fumihikodayo at, at Fumihikodayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O on Twitter or Fumisaito on Facebook. Please message me first. And Not on Twitter, you. yes, send him a message first. I'm at Justin M. Nipper on Twitter, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. That's been Kensuke Sasaki this week. Uh, so until next time, Fumi, take it away. So long from Tokyo. Mm-hmm.